This episode is brought to you by SD Sober Living. If you or someone you know needs a safe and supportive recovery home, then reach out to SD Sober Living at www.sdsoberliving.org or call 619-625-0769. That's 619-625-0769. Come get some San Diego recovery and some fuck fentanyl at SD Sober Living. Have you ever had a massage or need one? My friend Liz is the owner and operator of Spiritual Massage Healing in Encinitas. She is passionate about what she does and specializes in deep tissue and cupping. Book your massage with Liz to experience spiritual healing and body awareness. She is the best massage therapist you will ever experience. Contact Liz and check out her website with all of her services at spiritualmassagehealing.com or text her at 858-375-6910. That's 858-375-6910 to book your deep tissue massage. That's Liz at Spiritual Massage Healing. Dot com. Parental advisory due to unnecessary. Uh, fuck it. This is fucking popcorn, bitch. I'm about to let my fucking nuts hang. Right on, brother. Welcome to the Fuck Fentanyl Podcast. I am Luis Romero. I am the Fuck Fentanyl Guy. Today I have a really cool guest. I got my event collaborator. Nick from uh, SD Sober Living. What up, what up? How you doing, man? Good, brother. How are you? Well, man, like I've known you for a good minute now. Um, I actually remember you um, um, being a secretary at the shop, man. But like, and it's so crazy to see where you're at in life, man. Like, <laughs> you're doing big things. It's wild. It and is. man, like, um, absolutely love your sober living. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I was actually there just last night, and. Dude, I mean, that meeting was popping. It was over yeah. 50 people. That's amazing. And, dude, I mean, that's really awesome that you established that in just a very short minute, short amount of time. It's a beautiful thing. Man, and um, you're also from Chula Vista, too. I am. You grew up here? Yeah, dude. It's good to be back in uh, <laughs> the place where Back in the neighborhood. It, yeah, dude. A lot of it began. Here. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah, dude. I, I, I fucking, I love it here. You know, I know yeah. that uh, I got in a lot of trouble here, but yeah. Um, I, you know, I this is my home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. So, uh, um, I guess we'll go from, from the very beginning. How was your life, man, growing up? All right. Uh, so, yeah, dude, my story's pretty different um, than a lot of people. Uh-huh. in NA and in recovery. Um, so I'm an only child of uh-huh. a single parent, that being my mom. Uh-huh. And uh, I was raised by her and my grandmother. Uh-huh. Uh, I was born in New York, and most oh, okay. of my family lives over there. Yeah. And uh, my mom fell in love with California on a trip out here, so she moved oh, out that's here. Awesome. And yeah, I was at the age of two, I think, I moved out oh, here. Okay. So uh, pretty much from California, as much as you can be, not being born here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, man, my life wasn't really bad as a child. No abuse. Oh, really? I wasn't around any drugs or alcohol. Um, I didn't find out until way later that my grandma was an alcoholic and, and stopped drinking right before I was born. Oh, and, wow. Uh, okay. So I had no idea that addiction really exists in my, in my family at all. Uh-huh. I thought I was pretty much the black sheep, you know? Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, uh, but yeah, dude, a good childhood. Um, 
pretty much a loner all throughout school. Mm -hmm. I, I may have had one or two friends. Um, yeah, okay, I can relate to that. Never the popular kid. <laughs> never. <laughs> nah. Never. And, I never uh, exceeded. I never did sports. Yeah. I never, you know, that. I get exactly. that. Yeah, no sports. And uh, to this day, I don't even like sports. <laughs> 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 I envy those who, who who excel in sports. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. But, um... Yeah, man, it was it was it was kind of lonely growing okay. up. You know, it was like I had one one really good friend, never a big circle, mm -hmm. and uh, and I stayed out of trouble, you know, with the really bad stuff uh, mm -hmm. for a long time. But even as young as kindergarten, I remember I'd get sent to the principal's office like every single day. Really? And maybe that teacher had it out for me. I'm probably, not sure. probably did. He probably did. But uh, <laughs> I was just always in trouble, and I, and I would get the same exact notes sent home, and it was always like. He's not dumb. Like he could do the work, but he just won't. He just oh. won't. He won't do it. He just doesn't seem to care about yeah. school. And, and that was the truth. I really didn't. Uh -huh. I just wanted to, to fuck around with my friends. And, yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. I had a hard time prioritizing uh, things. Like homework and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, oh, no, forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was a, I'm a fun. That's not I'm, fun. No, I'm a fun <laughs> having kind of guy. And yeah. Homework's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, dude, it was it was pretty much all the way all the way like that until middle school, uh -huh. and then in middle which middle school you went to uh, Bernardo Heights in Rancho Bernardo. Oh, okay. Yep, and uh, for a short period of time, so uh -huh. I, I made it through sixth and seventh grade, and I think it was the end of seventh grade. I would have been twelve. Uh huh. And uh, you know, I'm a little bit older and wiser now. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what is it? Like, why are all these kids over here, and their parents got desert toys, and they throw parties at their parents house yeah. every weekend they have all the hot girlfriends and yeah, like i'm yeah, over yeah. here with my fucking one loner friend eating hot cheetos every day <laughs> <laughs> those are the days those dude. are the days dude and uh and then you know in my 12 year old brain it occurred to me that drugs alcohol and drugs were the reason that they were so cool and i wasn't uh, and they yeah. had such a huge fucking crowd of friends at lunch you know you yeah. watch them to be like 30 of them and yeah. And there'd be me and my buddy sitting on the fucking bench off to the side, you know, by ourselves. And uh -huh. I and I envied that. And I really wanted uh, to be more included in things. Yeah. And uh, not having any brothers or sisters, growing mm -hmm. up without a father. I did a lot of a, a lot of alone time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I figured out that smoking pot was my gateway into not into drugs, but into having a group of yeah, friends for and, validation. Yeah, exactly. For validation, for being, you know, quote unquote popular. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think my addiction really began as more of a desire to fit in. Yeah. And, and um, I think that's a lot. Uh, that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's the common theme with, with addicts for sure. And uh, so, you know, I got like five bucks a day of lunch money, which back then, back then that, <laughs> that was actually something. That was enough to get food then. Yeah. 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 And uh, I was <laughs> you like, could buy a burrito for five bucks back you then. Could. <laughs> you could. You totally could. And uh, man, better times. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And, and so in my mind, I was like, how the hell am I going to get money to get pot? <laughs> because you know my mom if i ask for money she wants a receipt to oh, oh did, for sure. did you go to the movies i want to see the receipt yeah, in the movie that, theater. yeah that. all that what shit. movie what time and what the, exactly the yeah. yeah who who's whose friends parents are you with yeah blah blah exactly. blah and so i had to be slick man i i, I was really sheltered up uh -huh. until that point my mom was like overprotective and overbearing mm -hmm. helicopter parent for sure okay and uh and i know she meant it in the best ways and she's an excellent mother mm -hmm. um but i just didn't know what the real world was mm -hmm. and so yeah so i i funneled my my five bucks a day of lunch money and i did <laughs> Save this, up. dude i did this for two weeks so 10 school days of eating like other people's hot cheetos ah. 
<laughs> manipulating no, the system. Yep, no chicken sandwiches or any of that yeah. shit. It was just, you know, munching on hot Cheetos and uh, <laughs> and I eventually stacked up 50 bucks. Yeah. And uh and I and I went to like the one person I knew who could get me weed and uh, this kid Louie. Uh-huh. And he was a douchebag, man. And, oh, uh, fuck. yeah, and I and I said, "Hey man, can you get me weed?" and he and he didn't have a good reputation for being an honest guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I gave him the money and I waited probably a month to get this eighth of weed. Oh, and so a like, month, dude. Probably yeah, a month. Oh my yeah. fucking and god. Yeah, and of course the constant phone calls. Did you rip me off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I finally I've been going got after it. him after two days. Like yeah, fuck dude. you, dude. Dude, I find I couldn't believe I got it. And when I look back now, it's so crazy that I was willing to sacrifice the most basic of human needs like food yeah. for an addiction that I didn't even have yet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> I hadn't even gotten high once in my life. I had no idea what getting high was like, yeah. but I was willing to not eat to, to get it for, for <laughs> two sacrifice. weeks. Yeah, dude. The sacrifice we make. Fucking insane. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty obvious that I was an addict from a young age. Yeah, um, There yeah. were some other behaviors I did that were just for red sure. flags. That, yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but my family's pretty old school and addiction is not a, a, a talked about thing and it's like oh, super really? swept under the rug and really, you know, my mom and my grandma have explained to me like, you know, in the fifties and the sixties, everybody was about how their family looked to the neighbors and to the rest of the yeah, community the surface. just on the surface. Right. And so if somebody had a drug problem or an alcohol problem, they didn't yeah, talk about they it. Didn't want to hear about Nobody it. would come out and say I'm gay or I'm an alcoholic or any of that shit because, yeah. you know, and so it was really hush hush, which led to a lot of, you know, people having some deep buried issues. Uh-huh. And my mom's no exception to that. Okay. And so I think because of that, she was raised by a really old fashioned Irish Catholic family. Yeah. And um, addiction was just never something I was really educated on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I knew what drugs were, but, you know, I was pretty naive. And pot was like, man, I am a I am a fucking rule breaker if I smoke pot. Like, I, <laughs> I, I thought oh, I was, yeah. yeah. I thought I was a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What and a taboo you're, you're yeah, fucking doing. Super taboo. Yeah. And uh, everything I do, man, I have to take to the extreme. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a very on or off. There's no gray area. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, I smoke pot the first time, and all of a sudden, it's like people want to talk to me, and I have something mm-hmm. in common with others. And, uh, and it was like, dude, this is what I've been missing my whole fucking life. Yeah. All of a sudden, I have friends, and mm-hmm. I'm not this loner. And sure enough, that's how it went. The, yeah. r- the rest of my short period in, in, in middle school, I had friends. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'll never tell you that I didn't have fun using. That'd be a fucking lie. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have kept doing For sure. it. sure. Yeah. You Absolutely. Know? And I had a lot of fun. And, um, but, uh, you know, until it wasn't. And uh, eventually, in eighth grade, I started selling weed. Like a lot of it. Okay. And uh, I got way too carried away. And uh, one day I decided that I couldn't wait until the end of school to smoke pot. So my friend and I, <laughs> my friend and I devised this like devious plan the day before uh-huh. about how we were going to leave the campus on our break to go smoke. Oh, and come then back. Come back. Yeah. And nobody undetected. Would catch us. Undetected. Yeah. yeah. So we do it, and then we hear yelling, and like the principal and like the counselors and everything, they're fucking chasing us. Oh, and it turns out that one of the yard duty people overheard us talking about our devious plan. <laughs> and told was it the well principal, kept? dude, they just we had a school resource cop, so there was an SDPD oh, on the camp. Yeah, it was bad. So we run off campus. Now we're being chased by them, and we hid, uh-huh. and we hid on this fucking like cul-de-sac hill thing. And the principal was driving around in his car yelling our names and we're sitting there smoking pot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> While you're doing it. While we're doing it, we're like, shh, be quiet. He's yeah. going to hear you. And uh, 
and in our, you know, who knows what goes through a 12 year old's mind, but we walked back onto campus. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could have stayed gone and probably just gotten like a little slap on the wrist, but we went back onto, onto campus and tried to continue the second half of the school day. Uh -huh. And of course we were pulled out of class and we were high as a kite oh, and Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, they expelled me and they called my mom. And I think that was the first time she really knew that I was not that good of a kid anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had weed on me, and it was okay. it was a shit show. Okay. Yeah. So your reputation is there. It out. goes. Yeah. My my gig was up, dude. Yeah. She she knew. And so I got moved to another middle school that I absolutely hated. I was like the only white kid there. Which one is this? And uh, Black Mountain. Oh, okay. And I was I bullied, and oh my god, it yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. sucked. All that hard work I had done to become somebody <laughs> popular, just to get fucked. Yeah, with just it. to get fucked. Now, it's, now I'm just the new loner guy all over again. Yeah, like, oh, oh it sucked. And yeah. so somewhere during this time, uh, I had a really bad. I used to ride a lot of BMX. Oh, okay. Fuck and yeah. uh, I flew off a hill. I think I was 13, and I, and I split a good chunk of my head open and blew oh, wow. out my left eardrum, and it, it was fucking bad. Ooh, fuck. Yeah, and uh, it was really bad. And uh, the girl who was with me uh, had a nobody had cell phones back then, but she had one that uh -huh. was her parents. Yeah. And uh, like a flip she, phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she called 911 and she gave them the location of where we were. And the phone died like immediately after. Oh, damn. And they came out there and uh, the paramedics called my mom and they said, you know, hey, your, your, your son's been in a pretty bad bike accident. We're going to the hospital. Shit. And uh she got in the car and my helmet was in the back seat. And right before I had left the house that day, she said, grab your helmet out of the back seat of my car. And she said she saw the helmet and just knew that oh, I, I fucked myself up. Fuck, and so, dude. yeah, I spent like a month in the hospital. It was pretty Damn. bad. Yeah. I had spinal taps done like every other day because I was wow. leaking cerebral spinal fluid everywhere. And Jesus. it was a nightmare. And uh, when I got out of the bed for the first time, I had to learn to walk again. And it, it was it was bad and um, full rehabilitation. Pretty much, yeah, full rehabilitation. It was bad. Fuck, dude. And uh, right around this time, my grandma, who had been raising me because my mom worked a lot, died, uh -huh. and uh, so she passed away. And then it was like the perfect storm of shit that all happened at the same time: the bike accident, which probably fucked my head up. Who knows? Yeah. And then she died, and that was really hard for me to yeah. go through. And then. Right after that, I get involved with these older kids. I uh -huh. couldn't tell you how the hell I met them now, but <laughs> one of them had Coke. Oh, and I, see. It, and I, I didn't say no to anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tried the Coke, and I loved it, of course. Yeah. And uh, I had a few more friends now to hang out with, and they were older, so I thought they were really cool. Uh -huh. And uh, eventually, I learned how expensive Coke was. And yeah, so, a little pricey. A little pricey. And so uh, when I would go to parties with my friends from school, I uh -huh. would go into their parents' bedroom and steal their checkbooks. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, it got, I, I was not going to say take no for an answer. I was, uh -huh. get, I was getting that Coke. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I would write the checks out to my older friends who were 18. They would cash it, keep like half the money, and then we'd okay. go buy like a few eight balls of Coke wow. and just fucking go crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I did that for a while. And uh, I eventually got arrested when I was 13. And I was driving my mom's car. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. I was like drunk. I was on somas. I was coked out. It yeah. was just a shit show. Uh -huh. And uh, I pulled out of my apartment complex and I saw a cop. So I put the car in reverse and parked it. Yeah. And I got out of the car and a cop, well, he saw me and he came up and he said, hey, man, how old are you? And I, and I looked at him. I was like, Phew. 13. <laughs> and, and, like, you know? Yeah. And, uh, he's like, no, no, no. Come here. And uh Dude, I had so much shit on me and checkbooks and pills and yeah. like a 30 pack of beer in the trunk of the it was just a nightmare. And uh they hit me with like six different felonies. Oh, and fuck. so yeah, so I went to Juvie and I ended up doing around nine months. 
Oh um, no shit! And for a kid, that's that's a, a that's a stretch. That's a stretch for, for a thirteen year old. Yeah, juvenile yeah. sentencing is pretty light usually. Yeah, usually. And uh, that was like hell for me, dude. Um, my mom was a federal parole officer for like twenty years. Oh fuck! Yeah. No way! And so, dude, I had been fed these stories of what jail was. Yeah, like. yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, none of them true. But, <laughs> right, know, right. Trying yeah, to scare you. Yeah. Oh, dude. And oh, it worked. And so, dude, in my head, when I'm getting arrested, I'm thinking, dude, I'm gonna get butt raped. Thirteen years old. Thirteen years old. Jesus. I was a fucking mess, dude. And uh, I got there, and I was like, oh, this will be quick and easy. They can't do this. I'm a kid, you know. No, yeah. they fucking can. Yeah. And uh, and they did. And I went to Campo, and I got fucked up. Oh, wretched Campo. Yeah, I got fucked up and beat up and got in a fight up there and went back and reassessed and had to start my Campo time all over again. Oh, Jesus. And it became a long thing, right? And so I wasn't privy to how probation or any of that shit worked. Uh-huh. And uh, like I said, I was naive. And so I would get out, and uh, immediately with the day I got out, I'd call my friends. Hey, I'm out. Let's get fucked up. Oh, of course, yeah. And, and they were, they yeah. knew. They yelled. They're like, aren't you on probation? And I was like, yeah, yeah. so what? Well, no, yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd get fucked up. And then, like, the next day, the PO would come to the house. <laughs> and I'd have, like, Coke in my dresser drawer or something. They'd find it. And I'd go back. Yeah. And then it was, like, six months. And then it was, like, you know, whatever. And this <laughs> went on pretty much till I turned 18. Oh, no shit. Yeah. It just didn't stop. And, yeah. Uh, so you were in juvie? uh System, a, yeah, from thirteen to, to pretty, 18? pretty much the whole time. I oh, might, I might have spent like an accumulative year not locked up. Um, oh god, there damn. were times where I got out and went back a day later. Wow, I just couldn't stay out of trouble, dude. I was just uh. a stubborn kid, and uh, I had doctors telling my mom that I was like rapid cycle bipolar what and all shit? these different mental conditions, oh, and uh, and I don't think I was. And they stuck me on this fucking cocktail of medications of course yeah that made me a straight zombie of course and yeah. uh he's fine now <laughs> yeah yeah right exactly drooling and oh dude yeah just sleeping like 20 hours a day. Ridiculous. <laughs> and uh and and that fucked up a, a big part of my life i missed out on a lot mm-hmm. and uh so after i got into enough trouble in rancho bernardo my grandma died yeah my mom lost that income from my grandma that she was bringing in and it was just too expensive of a town for her to live oh, in. oh yeah yeah, Our and that's when expensive. we it is and that's when we moved to chula vista oh yes, yes. the neighborhood the neighborhood dude yeah when i got off the freeway it was like flashbacks <laughs> yeah <laughs> just yeah, dude. one after another and that, you know my addiction was around but this is where it took off oh, this for sure. is really where it took off and, uh, um, it could be a wild town over here. It can be. It can be. The cops are nuts. The people are fun. Yeah, dude. The bars are crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. If you're not, I never clean, got to experience the bars. Oh, dude. I, yeah, I got clean when I was 22, so oh. that was kind of a. Oh, yeah. Didn't out. happen. But but yeah. yeah I know. I know. Right. I'll tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. So you moved over here. Moved over here, and um, I think I was still on probation when I got here. And they put me on, I think they called it ESP. It was like the electronic surveillance for the ankle bracelet. Mm-hmm. And we lived in this really old, shitty apartment, really on Roosevelt yeah. Street between uh, between 3rd and 4th and H and G. Right oh, by, is right that by b- LaBella's. Right by LaBella's. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. exactly where you The you're bank talking. on the corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That's, yep. Where, that's where I grew up. And uh, oh, yeah. The place was so old, it had like a fucking iron bathtub and like wires hanging <laughs> anywhere, everywhere. And the, the machine that they used, they call this machine. Right, and you hook it up to your landline. You have to have a landline. Oh at yeah, least back then that's how back it was. Then, mm-hmm. And they would call it, and it would like ring once, and you don't pick up the phone, uh-huh. and then it goes to this fucking machine that sends like a signal to the ankle bracelet. Oh, and shit. it's not GPS, but it'll tell them they can set it like. 
10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, whatever oh, from, from the perimeter. Christ. And it'll tell them if the ankle bracelet is within range of the house. Well, dude, I'm telling you, oh. I'm not making this up. The house was so old. The fucking thing malfunctioned like crazy. And I was actually doing good. I had been off drugs and everything yeah. for like almost a year, probably no yeah. program or nothing. Yeah. yeah I yeah. just stopped. Just, just, yeah, just no stopped. cigarettes even. I quit everything wow. and I was doing really good. And I get a knock on the door one morning and it's the home supervision officer who yeah. has to see you once a day, every fucking day. Uh-huh. And they have this binder and you sign your name saying you've been visited by them. Uh-huh. And he came to the door and he didn't have the book in his hand. Uh-huh. And I knew from getting locked up that that's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, hey, Nicholas, why don't you come outside and talk to me? And uh-huh. I was like, uh-uh, mother motherfucker <laughs> and i turned around to run back through Fuck my yes. house yeah and i knew i didn't do anything wrong but i knew what that meant yeah and, yeah, yeah. and you, i tried to go through you know my, when it's going back yeah there was no way and so he my door wasn't locked i fucked up and he opened it and he grabbed me <laughs> and uh, and locked me up and i couldn't fit and he said oh yeah you've been leaving the house every night at like three o'clock in the morning i said dude what are you fucking talking about I said, wow. I got neighbors. Like, it was a tiny little complex. And, yeah. like, neighbors can all see everyone's front door. Yeah, yeah And yeah. even they came outside when they heard the commotion. And they're like, dude, What's this kid doesn't on? leave at 3 in the morning. Yeah. And uh, and they, he, he didn't care. He arrested me anyways. Dude. Yep. So there was a complete just malfunction. And, and they just held you accountable. He didn't it. even look into it. Didn't yep. even. Yeah, no research on yep. it. He obviously just fucked with this thing. Yep. And then, then, so, dude, ah. it, it gets worse. They locked me up. I probably spent like a few weeks before I finally the judge was like, all right, let's let him out and put a different ankle bracelet in a different machine. Right. Uh-huh. We'll start up. Maybe it was the machine since yeah, he yeah. says he didn't leave. And he comes back like a week later and arrests me again for the same fucking oh thing. And it's God, like, dude, dude, are you kidding me? So I was locked up twice. Only time in my life I was locked up for something I didn't do wrong. <laughs> Only time. <laughs> God bless the, 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 yeah, the, God the bless system. this fucking justice system. Only time, dude. And uh, finally, my lawyer had a real good idea. And he yeah. said, why don't we hook up an ankle bracelet in the house while he's locked up, attach it to something that can't be fucking moved, and see what happens. Uh-huh. And so they did. They attached the ankle bracelet to something in the house that couldn't be moved. And yeah. sure enough, the fucking like, water heater was walking out of the house at 3 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> how did they do that yeah, how did they do that yeah so uh i went to trial and won oh and, fuck uh, yeah my dumbass probably should have sued but of course again I was oh dude so right naive. Oh, that would have been fuck. a hell of a lawsuit dude. i'm sure yeah a lot of drugs would have been bought with that money right yeah <laughs> probably good i didn't sue actually. Yeah. <laughs> and i dude, i was probably like 16 or 17 when this happened when i turned 18 they said do you want to go to county jail for like two weeks and get taken off juvenile probation finally and I, I was supposed to be oh, on for yeah, a year, dude. and I had been on for like five. And I was like, are you kidding me? Two weeks? Fuck yeah, dude. Let's go right 100%, now. 100%, I'll do yep. that. <laughs> and I did it, and they took me off, and it was like, oh, man, the chains are off. Like, here's ah, no yes. more drug testing, no more reporting. Dude. I'm fucking free. Fuck and yeah. it, took, it took me a fucking year to get a DUI <laughs> after that. <laughs> and shit. I found alcohol, and I and I had been drinking since a young age. Yeah. And, uh, but for some reason, when I was, I, was, I was dating a girl who was a bartender. Oh, and so I was yeah. able to drink at a bar, and that just made me feel like an adult, and it made me feel like oh, someone yeah. I wasn't, and I loved it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even like football, dude. And I would go in there on a Sunday morning to drink beer and watch the football <laughs> game and, and act like I knew what the yeah. fuck was going Go on. Go team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Home run. <laughs> <laughs> it's football. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, I just loved the feeling of like being included in a bar with a bunch of other drunk fucking yeah, most of the time yeah, losers. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah right. But we were, dude. Right. And, uh, and so I got really carried away with alcohol. Alcohol was like, it, it didn't it, it, it didn't do for me what any of the other drugs had ever done for me. It was like, 
holy shit, I'm not afraid to like talk to a girl and get rejected, or I'm not afraid to fucking yeah. you know do crazy shit in my car. I was really into building race cars at this time mm-hmm. and drifting, and uh, it just gave me the balls to do all the things that I mm. knew were too stupid to do, mm-hmm. and um, and I loved it, and 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 I was so naive to dependency and addiction. I still had no fucking clue what any of this was about. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got the DUI, I had to go to a, an AA meeting as a result. Oh, of Actually, shit. I had to go to like 35 or something like that. Uh-huh. And, um, dude, I was just too young. I believe you can be too young for this sometimes. Uh-huh. And, and I was just too young. And I mm-hmm. was too stubborn. And the first meeting I went to, I stole the stamp. And I stamped <laughs> my sheet like 30 times. And, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I went back to court and I got all this praise. Oh, good job. Good job. And I was sitting there like, you dumb motherfuckers. I was so proud of myself for scheming them, you know? And and then that was it. It was like when I got arrested with the DUI, I I flew past a cop going like 150 something at like three in the morning on my way to the casino on the 8 East. And uh, they took the car. It was a car I had built. It was an old 240, and I and I was like my baby. Uh-huh. And they took me, but I had a bunch of cash on me because I uh-huh. was going to the casino. Uh-huh. So I bailed out the next morning, no problem. And then when I called about my car, there was no 30-day hold on it. So I got my car back right after I got out of jail, and it was like all of it went away with like 500 bucks. Shit. And it was like, again, a fucking slap on the wrist. It just felt like I never had any serious consequences, uh-huh. and I developed this mentality of I can – I can pretty much get myself out of anything. Yeah, I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable, exactly. And um, so obviously, I didn't stop drinking. Uh, uh-huh. In the in the DUI classes, I was the youngest one. I was 19. Oh, and, yeah, of uh, course, yeah. Yeah, I was the youngest one by far. And uh, most of these guys were like career alcoholics, yeah, yeah, yeah who had yeah, been yeah. in and out. They've been in and out of there. Yeah. And I remember one day in the group setting, the the counselor was like, "So, do you think you'll do this again?" And I was like, no way, dude. Not only am I not going to drink and drive again, I'm never going to drink again. And they all laughed. And and I was like, (laughs) damn. Fuck you guys. You know, I ain't know what I thought. I thought they were supposed to be like encouraging that. Supportive. Yeah. Yeah, Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I I couldn't understand it then. And they all Uh said, dude, you're going to do this again. You may not get Uh caught, but you're not done. Yeah. And and it's because these guys had been going to meetings their whole life and they mm. understood addiction and I had no idea that I was an addict at this time. I just mm-hmm. thought I was young and I liked to party. Yeah. And um they they saw in me what I had not yet seen in myself. I see. And uh, they see where you're heading with it. Exactly. It's uh, it's probably hard to watch really, you know, being yeah. uh, being older and, and yeah. seeing someone young just starting off and knowing how fucking bad that road is going to get for them. Yeah. And uh, so now I know why they were laughing at me, mm-hmm. but uh, or with me, whatever. <laughs> and, Both. And, yeah, and they were right. Uh, I definitely didn't stop. I might have made it a week after that without drinking, but I went right back to it. And for a long time in Chula Vista, my life just consisted of working, getting off work, getting fucking hammered, and then yeah. going to my friend's house and smoking like a pound of weed. And this was like a, just every night, and it mm-hmm. was I maintained like just barely, but I maintained just enough. Yeah. And then it and got this worse. is when you were working at Labellas? Uh, no, I was working at AutoZone at this time. Oh, point. yeah, AutoZone. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I worked my way up to becoming a manager at AutoZone. And then the addiction was really slow. Uh, the progression was really slow with the alcohol. But eventually, it got to the point where I think I drank before work on a Sunday. I didn't have to go until like late afternoon. Mm-hmm. My buddy and I went and played pool. 
And I was like, fuck it, I'll have a few beers. Yeah. And I went to work drunk and realized how much more I liked being drunk at work than being sober at work. <laughs> it is way more fun. <laughs> yeah. And so I never, I literally never went back to work not drunk ever again. Right. And uh, that obviously led to my downfall. <laughs> and then when I became manager, if I wanted that management position, I had to take it at a different store. So I went to the Spring Valley Auto Zone. Uh huh. And it was there that shit really went downhill. And uh, we hired this kid. And I didn't know he was a quote unquote recovering heroin addict. Oh, Jesus. and I had dabbled with pills here yeah, and there, yeah, yeah. you know, like for a weekend in Mexico, taking oxys and shit. Uh huh. Never on them long enough to have dependency issues uh-huh. or anything like that. Sure. And uh, we hired this kid, and uh, I got high with him after work, and uh, he said, "Hey, man, you want you ever you ever smoked Roxy?" Yeah. And I was like, "Dude, I ain't know you even could smoke these things." No way. <laughs> and uh, you know, right? you want to <laughs> try it? Yeah. Fuck, I never say no. Of course I do. And I did, and I fell in love. And it was like, fuck every other drug. This was mm-hmm. where it was at. Dopey. And I don't yeah. care about girls. I don't care about cars. Yeah. I don't care about relationships. I don't, nothing. Yeah. And uh, it was like, just give me more of this forever. Yeah. And um, it, it became my one and only love. Oh, fuck yeah. And uh, it was everything to me. That and, opiate, that oh, opiate dude. fucking high, dude. <clears throat> it's terrible. It's so bad. It's, it's yeah. And so... Uh, the pills got too expensive pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Um, and I was getting Roxy's for cheap back then, maybe like seven bucks for a 30. Oh, okay. They were fucking that's, that's cheap. That's pretty affordable. Yeah, yeah, for the little blue 30s, uh-huh. they were cheap. And uh, But we were smoking like 10 or 15 pills a day, dude. It was getting... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, you so. can't afford it, yeah. Nah. And uh, one day I woke up, and uh, I hadn't smoked any, any Oxy's, and I was fucking feeling like a train hit me. Mm-hmm. And I was crawling out of my skin, and mm-hmm. he called me. He said, "Hey, man, you want to go score?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "I don't know, man. I'm not feeling too good. I'm feeling pretty sick." And he's like, "Well, yeah, you're probably dope sick." And I was <laughs> like, "Dope sick? What are you talking about?" Wow, you didn't know. I had no idea, dude. I'm telling you, I was really naive. And uh, he's like, "He's like, you can't just stop, dude." And I was like, "What do you mean I can't just stop? You're telling me that I have to." fucking smoke these things every day just Just to feel feel decent enough to get not even high at this point just normal Normal. to get out of bed and do anything and he's like yeah man and i was like yeah let's go score (laughs) and and i couldn't get the fucking pills and the guy was out and that's when the topic of heroin came up and Dude, I had done the every, black tar. Yep, the black tar. Dude, I had done every drug in the fucking world up until this point. I yeah. Mean, even the drugs that like nobody does, like GHB and mescaline and uh-huh. shit that's so uncommon. I yeah. had done fucking everything. I was a tweaker for a few years. Like I had tried it all. Uh-huh. And heroin was like this taboo word. And yeah. I had, yeah. And I yeah. had this image in my head of what I thought a heroin addict looked like. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it used to be that was like the drug you would associate overdose with. Exactly. Exactly. And it was like most people die who do it. Yeah, and exactly. I had this like, yeah. you know, this whole thing. Little did I know what I was already doing was really no different than heroin. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals when you take them like that. Oh, yeah. It's the it's, same fucking mm-hmm. thing, dude. It's just, exactly. It's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh I was so afraid to do it, but I was like, Yep, fuck it, let's get it. <laughs> right, right. Way cheaper, of course. Yeah, and uh we got it and uh I'll never forget that, dude. The first time I smoked it and I puked and I fucking loved every minute of it. Oh yeah. And that terrible taste in my mouth and <laughs> even the puking, I loved every second. And uh Yeah, you get a little higher after you puke. You do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dude, I fucking loved it. And uh it wasn't I probably smoked it for a few weeks uh-huh. until a friend of mine uh, taught me how to shoot up and uh oh, this shit. this this dude i used to hang with this he was older than me this skinhead dude uh-huh. and uh he said i'll hit you the first time 
He goes, but you're a fucking grown man. You better watch how I do it because I ain't going to do it again. After this, you're hitting wow. yourself. And I paid attention. and <laughs> I took notes. Yeah, I took notes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought I liked smoking it, and I had no idea how Oh, much that's it, a whole other beast. whole yeah. other beast, dude. Now it's like two addictions. Now yeah. I'm addicted to the dope, and I'm addicted to the needle. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. I loved, yeah. I loved the process of slamming as much as I loved the dope itself. Yeah. It was disgusting. And uh, that 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 was where the downward spiral began. I lost fucking everything, dude. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, I had never been taught money management. My mom's a great mom, and she did a lot of things near perfect in my mm-hmm. life. And um, money management was not one of her strong suits, <laughs> you know. And, and so, I struggle with it too. Yeah, and so I had no idea how to fucking manage money or any of that shit. And uh, I lived in a house, a really fucking nice house, actually, with a buddy of mine and his wife who were partiers, but not hardcore drug addicts. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't take them long to figure out what I was doing. I'd have shady characters over in my room and sure. locked doors and yeah, crumbled yeah. up foil everywhere. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> they the sides. Yeah. And uh, eventually I didn't pay rent and got <laughs> oh, kicked shit. out. Okay. And uh, I had a few cars at the time, probably three or four, and I totaled one. I nodded out driving and plowed into a parked car. Oh, fuck. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and ran, of course. And, uh, I'm sure the statute of limitations has expired on. on okay, okay. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Good, good. <laughs> Just make sure. Yeah, yeah, it was in Mexico, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no statute of limitations there. there. Yeah, yeah, there's no laws. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, dude, I sold one for dope money, got pulled over in one, the cops took it, and I just, it was like a month, dude, the house, the cars, the fucking everything. My mom called me on the phone one day and uh she was pretty clever man and uh one thing i left out is after she retired from parole she began an addiction of her own on pain meds oh on wow opiates. yeah and so she's an addict um, no way and was one during this time yeah oh, and Jesus. she called me and she said she didn't even ask like, are you doing drugs and she said are you shooting heroin like she knew exactly what the fuck i was doing uh-huh and she caught me at a moment of weakness. I was kicking, uh-huh. and I, I started crying like a big baby. Yeah. Yes, yes, I need help. I, I, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And really, it was just a manipulation thing. Uh-huh. And um, I think that's when I went to the first time I ever went to detox. Okay. How old were you? Oh, man. I would have been 21. Oh, no shit. So you're pretty young. Uh, yeah, I, was, I think I was 21 the first time I went. And, uh, by the way, the second I found opiates, I gave up alcohol entirely. Uh, I just, <laughs> yep, it meant, that was an easy trade-off for me. It was me. an easy trade-off, yep. I realized <laughs> that the two didn't mix well in my stomach. Yeah. And if I was to pick one, it was going to be heroin over yeah. alcohol real quick. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I went to detox, and uh, I thought, you know, I'll just get cleaned up. Uh-huh. I won't be dependent anymore. I'll get oh, out, yes. and then I'll continue. But this time, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it right. You know, mm-hmm. I can I can outsmart this fucking drug, like, uh, for sure. Yeah. There's no way it's smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, was I wrong. And <laughs> I got out and got high the second I fucking got out. Yep. And, uh, and got I strung could, out. Got strung out immediately. And the funny thing is, once you've been strung out, you can't really go back to like you do. You use one day, you're sick the next. Yeah. You can't like go back to you know. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You can't, once can't you, reverse it. No, once you cross that line, you've crossed it. Yeah. And, yeah. And I didn't know that. And so you know, I'd, I'd fuck up for a while, end up homeless, sleep on people's couches, sleep mm-hmm. in my car, whatever. Mm-hmm. End up back in detox when I decided I had enough. Mm-hmm. Do the same fucking thing. Okay, mm-hmm. the last time I fucked this up. This time I'm gonna do it right. Uh-huh. And. Dude, I couldn't tell you how many times over the years that I've been to different detoxes, but I can tell you that I've been to the same detox 15 times. 
Jesus. So when I say Christ, I'm a chronic dude. relapser, I am a fucking chronic relapser. Wow. It's bad. Dude. Yeah. And so um it was rough, man. I, I would I would sleep on someone's couch, right, who whose bridge I had not burned yet. <laughs> and right. I'd wait till they were gone. And if I had money, they were safe and their belongings were safe. Yeah. But the second I was out of money, I'd fucking rob their house blind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I'd leave, obviously. <laughs> right. And then or they'd let me use their car and I'd steal their fucking car and never bring it back. <laughs> and yeah, or I'd be gone for a week on like yeah. a dope binge and mm-hmm. whatever. And then I'd find someone else do the same fucking thing, dude. If I had money, your shit was fine. The second I ran out and I was sick, dude, there yeah, was there yeah. was nothing that yeah. bolted down or not that I wouldn't steal. Mm-hmm. And um, I was probably the worst thief I knew, man. And mm-hmm. I st- even when I got clean, I started to wonder, like, am I a klepto? Because yeah. even clean, I wanted to steal things when I first got clean. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop. And uh, luckily, I, that wasn't the case. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a pretty long road, man, until eventually I had burned every fucking bridge. And uh, I dated a girl who was way too young for me. She was like 19. And uh, and she and her family lived in Vista. And I, I okay. never had anything to do with anything north of like Escondido. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't even know that place existed up there. <laughs> and, like and Vista? Huh? Yeah, Vista. What the fuck is that? Is there a water park there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all I knew it for, dude. Yeah. And uh, it didn't take me long to fuck that relationship up. I okay. got in fistfights with her dad. And stole, yes. stole from him too and he, he, was, he was a tweaker biker old biker dude and oh, him no. and i he you know tweakers don't like heroin addicts of course so yeah, yeah there's that animosity it. from the start yes, exactly we hated each other dude. <laughs> fucking hated each other uh and he was native so he was a little bit he was a little oh, bit wow. crazy yeah. oh fuck yeah dude. yeah dude, i love native people <laughs> they're fun fuck and, yeah they are yep and uh it was wild and uh eventually uh, when i couldn't stay with her and her dad anymore i found myself living in a tent Mm-hmm. and uh he kind of kicked both of us out at the same time and i yeah. told her it's cool i got it like a nine person tent we'll just go post it up in these bushes <laughs> and it'll blow don't over worry, baby yeah it'll blow over <laughs> don't worry i'll take i'll take care of us i'm yeah. a provider you yeah, know yeah, yeah i couldn't even keep myself from getting dope sick dude <laughs> and uh yeah we did that and she 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 wised up pretty quick and was like this is going nowhere yeah and she got the fuck out of that tent and went back to her dad's house and wow. i stayed in that tent and um man it was every day was just wake up and rush as quick as I could to get to that fucking spoon. So I wouldn't be any sicker than I had to be for any longer. Mm-hmm. Cause once you get too sick, it's impossible to mm-hmm. fucking find a vein and get well. Yeah. And I knew it was, it was that close window and, uh, I didn't see her much anymore. She, she got out while she yeah. could, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. I was dragging her through the mud and she didn't use either. Wow. She was just a pothead. Wow. I'm glad she got yeah, out. Yeah, got out of there yeah. before she She's doing there. great now, by the way. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. And um, that was probably the darkest times of my addiction, dude, when mm-hmm. I was in Vista. Yeah. That went on for God, three or four years, probably. Oh, wow. Living in a tent? Living in a tent. And Shit, uh, showering maybe every six to nine months, once. And mm-hmm. even during the summer, walking like 30 miles a day and shit. Mm. to hustle up stolen stuff and return stolen stuff and sell sacks and rip people off and yeah it was just insanity and um but i thought i had it made because i had like at this time i had gotten this really bitchin tent Uh, (laughs) my friend's mom who felt bad for me very respectable dude she bought me like a 12 person tent oh dude i had i had like a queen size air mattress a fucking recliner chair i found in the trash (laughs) a fucking dresser that was like dude i'm telling you i had it made you had it made right there if you're gonna be a bum this is how to do it yeah i should write a book (laughs) i had like a fucking whole condo going on in there (laughs) and i would have all my junkie friends come over 
and we'd all chill in my tent and get fucking loaded. Yeah. And it, it was known as Nick's camp. It Nick's was like camp? the safe place to go to get loaded. It was on, it was like on top of this dirt hill. Oh, you couldn't fuck. see it. It was right off of South Santa Fe in oh, okay. Vista okay. Be, between Sycamore and Mar Vista. Oh, there was right. this big flat dirt hill that uh-huh. they were going to, I think they probably built something up there now, now yeah, yeah. but it was totally vacant. And, and that's mm-hmm. where I had my tent. Wow. I, Nick's I, camp. I, yep. Nick's camp, dude. And, uh, I, 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 I pissed and shat in a five gallon bucket. <laughs> for a majority of that time then i would dig holes and dump it and use like like a latrine thing dude like mm-hmm. i was in fucking vietnam or something it was crazy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> none of the stores would let me in to use their bathrooms i just yeah I, every, everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah, i couldn't sure. go anywhere you know for everybody sure. had caught me stealing mm-hmm. and i had taught myself how to steal cigarettes at 7-eleven dude wait until the cashier like turns around and i would grab packs of cigarettes off the rack and yeah. fucking run out and run out and there's only so many 7-elevens you know what I mean? so, <laughs> you know dude i taught myself how to steal everything oh, and the thought yeah. of spending money on something other than dope mm-hmm. was i mean beyond impossible for me yeah. there was just no way i mean no way in hell yeah and uh, i would just spend my days walking around staring at the ground and picking up shit off the ground to see if it was like money or like i was just dude i acted like i was schizophrenic it was Mm -hmm. it was fucking insane and all this time i thought i had it made and i had a friend out there and he lived under the tunnels like in the sewer tunnels oh nice and i remember right before (laughs) i got clean we said to each other we could do this for the rest of our fucking lives dude if we could shower at the beach or something like once every six months right yeah we could get around on trolleys and buses and whatnot and steal enough shit to support our habit and yeah. sell skimped sacks to make up money yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And we could do this every day for the rest of our life and never be dope sick again. And mm-hmm. we, we were like, yeah, that's the plan. And totally. we were totally good with it. I hadn't spoken to my mom in over three years mm-hmm. and I was good with it, dude. And yeah. uh, I used to have this thought of that somebody would come and tell me one day, hey, hey Nick, your mom passed. Yeah. And and all I could think of was that's the last thing she would know is that her she died and her son was a yeah. homeless fucking heroin addict. Yeah. And um, she was such an enabler that she had to cut off contact with me. Yeah. She got it when she got cleaned up. She got advice from good people who told her, "Dude, you got to get out of his life until he's ready." Yeah. Um. You know, a mother loves her son, her only son, at that mm-hmm. so much that I think being in my life and not enabling me while I'm using is impossible. Yeah, for her, yeah. and it's impossible for me to not manipulate her. Of course. And so she did the right thing and had to cut off contact with me, yeah. and that was what eventually brought me down to my knees. Yeah. And um I would have that thought all the time mm. and uh, and it was it was a shitty one and it yeah. was it still wasn't enough to stop me. Yeah. There I mean nothing was. You know, it was only when I was ready and yeah. when I finally was, I don't even think there was like a, a big moment and aha that or anything that happened. I think I just was exhausted. I was like 144 mm. pounds and I'm a big dude. Yeah. And I, I looked like <laughs> death, man. I yeah. I have an old mugshot photo of myself at that weight and it doesn't even look like me. I looked like fucking Tom Hanks from Castaway. <laughs> like, Wilson! <laughs> Wilson! Yeah, dude, just this beard, this fucking, like, year-old beard, and just no shower. I must have stunk like a fucking trash can. Like, dude, it was terrible. And uh, I thought I had it made. And, uh, and yeah, when I finally was ready, dude, I, uh, I, called up, I called up my mom, and I said, I know you probably don't believe it, but uh, if you'll give me a ride to detox because me taking the bus there it's uh, so much time for me to second guess my decision from vista <laughs> yeah dude. every stop every like, stop dude. Like, oh, i can leave i can leave and go yes. back yes and so like i need to like i need to have that power removed mm-hmm. and i need your help and uh she had said no so many times and why she said yes this time i don't know but it was the universe yeah. aligning shit the way it needed to happen dude. yeah and uh before i went I took a video of my camp 
and it was elaborate by this point mm-hmm. years up there and i shredded that fucking tent into pieces dude whoa and if i'm being honest part of it was that i had beef with some of the other bums and i didn't want them having my tent <laughs> <laughs> pity i didn't fucking care yeah. <laughs> you can't have this nice yeah, tent you motherfuckers get your own tent get yeah. your own tent yeah exactly. i worked hard for this i worked hard for this tent yeah <laughs> and uh, but the other part of it was that i i wanted to know i didn't have anything to go back to if yeah. i knew it was there it would make it so much fucking easier to leave detox and go right back to where i was and uh so i did that and i videotaped it and i watched that video uh when i had like a year clean and it made me cry because oh, of the the level of of how it, i mean mm. in, in na it talks about living on like the animal level dude yeah. I, I know animals that Fuck, live yeah. 10 times better than how I was <laughs> like, it was fucking animals bad. will look at us like Whoa. yeah like that poor son of a bitch you know? and, <laughs> and when i when i got to detox this was probably my first real real spiritual awakening over the years you know by the way i'd left this out but over the years i had gone in and out of na Okay. And I had become known as the chronic relapser for sure. Okay. And even times where I put a, a year together, uh-huh. at the end of that year, I would admit that I had been smoking pot for the entire fucking time. <laughs> and, and I thought I was clean. And yeah. I, you know, and it just never any, um, never any willingness to take the suggestions mm-hmm. from other people ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this time, this would have been October 28th of 2019 that I went mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. And uh, a few days into my stay there, this guy came and visited me. Mm-hmm. And he was a mutual friend of my mom and I. My mom went to the same detox when she got cleaned up. Oh, okay. So he knew both of us. He mm-hmm. didn't work there or anything. He was just another addict in recovery. Okay. And uh, and he told me what I needed to hear in like a really fucked up way. Mm-hmm. And nobody had ever had the balls to do this before. And sure. he said, dude, if you're not going to get clean this time, do your mom a favor and just never contact her again. And uh, yeah, and that was like hard to hear. That's a real hard. And thing. at first, I was like, "Who the fuck are you trying to split my mom and I?" <laughs> I mean, fuck you, buddy. Mind your own fucking business. Yeah, mind your own business. But then I thought about it, and he told me that he had been watching her come into this this uh, aftercare IOP group uh-huh. once a week and crying and wondering yeah. if I was dead or alive and saying how relieved she was every time she'd find out I was in jail because it meant I was alive. Yeah, and uh, she was getting skinnier and skinnier and like yeah. It was taking a toll on her. Dude, it was taking a toll. I mean, it was, you know, metaphorically killing her, but probably literally killing her also, mm-hmm. physically, spiritually, everything. And But the way he said it was hurtful. And, yeah. Uh, and it broke me down. And uh, I, I owe that man a lot today because he had the balls to tell me what I needed to hear mm-hmm. without any concern for my feelings. And mm-hmm. that's what I needed. My whole life, man, I had been sh- everything's been sugar-coated to me. And yeah. you know what I mean? And finally someone had the balls to be real. And, and that was like a, a punch in the face, dude. Yeah. And uh, so I, I made a commitment to myself that I would give it, you know, all I had. And I had to really think about what had led to the constant relapsing. Even when I was in the rooms of NA, mm-hmm. why couldn't I fucking stay clean? And I used to look at people who had a year clean like they were gods. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe right, right. that someone could do that for a fucking Shit, year. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Without weed, without drinking, yeah, right, right. without kratom or some other yeah, bullshit. Yeah, 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 just yeah. literally clean. Yeah. It was, it was raw dog in life. Yes, exactly. And that, that was such an alien concept to me. Yeah. And uh, and so when I got out, I, I hit up my old sponsor who had previously told me not to contact him until I had six months clean. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He caught he caught me shooting dope in his house. Oh, okay. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. And. Um, I think I waited a little while when I contacted him. I was able to identify what I'd been doing wrong uh-huh. on the lawn. 
and I'm so stubborn and I thought I was too smart for this and all that. Mm -hmm. And there was always a suggestion or two or three that I wouldn't take. Mm -hmm. And they were really simple shit. And maybe it's not for everybody, but for me, it was, it was valid. Don't get into a relationship in the first year. Oh, and that was so important for me because I'm sickly codependent. Yeah. Sickly. (laughs) And, um, it was like that. And it was, you know, 90 meetings in 90 days and all the simple shit yeah, that yeah. we always hear in mm-hmm. NA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could do most of those except the relationship thing. Oh, I yeah. couldn't do it. And yeah. uh, I get 30 days and think I had it made. And I was like, Mr. Recovery. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. To have Let's it. get married. Let's and get I'm, married. You know? Have babies and yeah, <laughs> all dude. that. And, and every time I'd get into a relationship, I hadn't done any work on Nick. So mm-hmm. I would dump everything I had, which probably wasn't much, into the other person. And I would neglect myself. And then I would fucking get high. And it was this like routine of like, I'd get a job, a car, a girlfriend, and then I'd get high. And it was just the same Mm -hmm. pattern all over again. And um, so I made the commitment. I said, fine, I won't do a a relationship for a year. I'll stay completely single. I won't even hook up with girls, nothing. And I, and I did it, dude. And uh, my, my old sponsor said, you got to practice the three M's meetings, meditation, and masturbation. He said, that's how you'll get through it, dude. Wow. And, and yeah, he was right. I mean, that, that's, how you, that's how you get through it. <laughs> thank God for masturbation. Yeah, dude, thank God. Yeah. The other shit helps too, but yeah. You know. <laughs> wow. And, and he was right, man. And uh, and I not only did I make it that year, but at the end of that year, I, I looked at myself and I realized that I still had some work to do. And so I ended up going like 19 months without any contact, like sexually or, uh-huh. or romantically at all with a female. Uh-huh. and uh none and i had friend and girls that were friends but they knew where i stood with it mm-hmm. and uh after 19 months had gone by I, I i talked with them about it and i said i think i'm ready mm-hmm. you know to try this again and when i did get into a relationship uh it was with this girl nancy who's in the program and her and oh. i are still like really good friends to this day oh, and okay. it was short it was like a 30-day relationship oh, and when okay. it when it ended didn't try to fucking kill myself or get high yeah. the world wasn't over yeah it was like i knew how to i i had learned enough about nick that i had enough self-esteem yeah. to realize that if i wasn't gonna work out with her that there was somebody else out there for me sure you know and um That's and then huge. And, yeah yeah that was huge for me i had no i never had self-esteem yeah and um you know, it, I mean, and I know that's really common amongst addicts, but we have so much that we can be proud about. Yeah. But we've just, you know, we've conditioned ourselves to hate ourselves. Yeah. So much self-sabotage and self-abuse over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, another relationship came and went and the same thing. Okay, that one's not right for me either. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when, what's funny is <clears throat> when I finally did find the girl who was right for me, mm-hmm. I wasn't even looking for a fucking relationship. Uh, I had decided. That funny how that works yeah, out. I like had that. decided, you know what? Fuck relationships. Yeah. I'm just going to be a little bit promiscuous here for a while. Yeah. And uh, I bought memberships to every fucking dating app there was. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Tinder and plenty of oh, fish yeah. and Bumble and yeah. all this shit. And, um, <laughs> and I was having fun. Yeah. I wasn't getting high. I wasn't drinking. Yeah. And I was hooking up with different girls like all the time. And it was great. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, this is so much better. I don't, maybe I'll just like adopt a kid and be a single dad and stay <laughs> out of relationships. Cause they're, let's be honest, they're fucking hard. No relationships shit. are hard. And, uh, then I met this girl on Bumble, man, and she uh-huh. was in NA and we knew each other okay. already. And, uh, she kind of came over and just never left. And, uh, <laughs> and that was it. Can't get rid of her. Yep. Couldn't get rid of her. And nor did I want to. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, on, on Halloween, uh, it was supposed to be Halloween. It was the day after, but on Halloween um, last year, I proposed to her. Oh fuck yeah! And dude. she said yeah, 
And, oh, uh, nice, and I man. actually waited. You know what I mean? I waited like a year for the proposal. I waited uh, a year. Oh, it wasn't like after was, like a month? No, which, which would have been like common fashion. Which is very me. common. Yes, that's <laughs> usually what I do. I want it. What I, I want what I want, and I want it now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, patience is not a virtue I, I possess very well. Fuck yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. And so, and we're still together, and uh, we're getting married in June. And, Fuck uh, yeah, dude. Dude, it's fucking Congratulations, wild. Congratulations. Yeah, I lived in a sober living when I met her. I managed a sober living for this lady, Maria. Um, uh-huh. And uh, she that woman saved my life. And so I managed for her for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Janae was living with me there. Mm-hmm. We, we shared a fucking bedroom there. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was crazy. And then when the time came, um, I, had been, I had been working my ass off for Amazon and uh, delivering packages with my own car. Oh. And which really doesn't come out to that much money. Um, oh no way! But I had taught myself how to save money a little bit. What okay. really, what really taught me how to save money, and keep in mind, my entire life I had never had more than maybe a few hundred bucks to my name, sure. even not in my active addiction. I just didn't know what money management was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all got that twelve hundred dollar stimulus check. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. And I went to the bank, and they said, "Do you want to put that in a checking account or a savings account?" And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was like, huh, I have a savings account. I didn't even know I had one. And I was like, a savings account. By the way, I had been in check systems for a long time because of the fake check shit when I was a kid. And oh. I wasn't allowed to have a bank account. And this was the first time I was legally allowed to have a bank account. And so I opened a fucking savings account yeah. or whatever. And I said, yeah, you know what? Put it in the savings. Why not? And just seeing that I had money in a savings account gave me so much self-worth. Yeah. It was like, holy shit, I'm not like completely destitute and broke. <laughs> and so I would work my ass off and I would add money to it. And then oh, I'd yes. be like, wow, 1200 is like 1500 now. Yeah. And that oh, little shit. bit, it would yeah, grow yeah, yeah, and grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized that I got more enjoyment off of seeing money saved <laughs> than I got off of buying material shit. Mm-hmm. And my whole life was material everything, dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that was what really started it for me. And so after a little while of living in that house uh, in La Mesa and managing it, yeah. uh, I decided I wanted to start my own business. Mm. And I looked at how much money I had and it wasn't, you know, in today's, you know, amount in today's, you know, society, it's really not that much money. Yeah. Um, but it was just barely enough to find a house for rent uh-huh. and furnish it with everything, nice shit and yeah. new, new shit. New and, shit. um, and try to use whatever decent reputation I had made in NA mm-hmm. to try to help other people and get them housing because sober living had saved my life. Yeah. And I was rehabs and all that shit was, was proposed to me for years, dude. Every time I went to detox, yeah. the counselors there would tell me and tell my mom, he needs fucking rehab. And I'd say, Nope, there's no way in hell I'm going. Mm. I went to one rehab house of metamorphosis. Oh, and, me too. Well, yeah, I went there <laughs> one time. I stayed for like a month. I wow. Was, that's pretty impressive. I know when I got there, I was clean for a month, uh-huh. which is crazy. The night I got there, I got loaded with my bunkie. That, 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 that's very common. In very common, horses. right? Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, turned out the dude had been locked up in jail, <laughs> yeah. and he somehow got like an ounce of black in his shoe, and they didn't find it. So when he got released <laughs> wow. and got sent to HOM, he had that fucking ounce in his shoe. Oh, So Jesus. he got like half the place drawn out, you know. We were, we were all out. <laughs> that quick. Yep. And as soon as the dope ran out at HOM, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. And everybody <laughs> else is like sick and in their bunks, like sick and shit. Like you guys are fucking idiots. Yeah. I am getting the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. And what's crazy, and this is what I mean when I say the universe aligns things for me, right? This is fucking crazy. So my counselor there, his name was Larry Jones. Uh-huh. Older black dude. Cool. Oh. Cool as fuck. Yeah. But Larry's like about. uh 
if you're going to do it, great, I'll help you. But if you're not, you're not. What the fuck? He's not going to beg you to, to stay clean, right? So yeah. when I said, hey, man, I want a discharge, he goes, okay, sign here. <laughs> he yeah. didn't try to talk me out of it or nothing. <laughs> and and I, I discharged, and I fucking ran down to TJ, and I was, I was sick of being sick. Yeah. And I ran down to TJ to my little pharmacy down there, yeah. and he fronted me an eight ball, and I got loaded, and that started a really long run. Oh, and so what's crazy is Larry Jones is the husband of Maria, the lady who owned the sober living that I oh. lived at. And I didn't fucking know any of this. Wow. Yeah. Crazy shit, right? Crazy. Fucking small world. Small world. And so the reason sober living is so passionate for me, um, when I got out of detox this last time, right, I had been staying the, la- the final few days. Uh, I was staying with a friend who I shot dope with. Uh-huh. And uh, in downtown, he had like a, a county funded apartment, right? Uh-huh. And when I got out of Mesa Vista, that's where I detoxed. Yeah. I went back to go stay with him. And he stopped using when I went in. Mm-hmm. And I stopped using when I went in. He didn't go into detox. So we both had like a week clean, if that. He mm-hmm. might have had less. And here we are, you know what I mean, living in this fucking apartment. I was sleeping on the floor. Yeah. And it's like, it's a matter of time before we get high again, mm-hmm. for sure, sure, right? For so sure. I went to a meeting one night. At the Life Center on El Cajon Boulevard, okay. which she also owns, oh, same person. No shit. Yep. And uh, she saw me, and I hadn't seen her in years. And years ago, I remember she mentioned that she was going to open a sober living. Uh huh. And so, just you know, small talk. She saw me, and I and I told her what had been going on. And ironically, she was like the one bridge I had never burned. Mm-hmm. My relationship with her was still good. And uh, and I said, "Did you ever open that sober living?" And yeah. she said, "Yeah, it's like right around the corner." Uh-huh. I said, "Oh, good for you, man." And she said, "Where are you living?" And mm-hmm. I told her. She said, you got to get the fuck out of there. We're going to get high. <laughs> yeah. And I said, probably, but like my alternative is the streets. And, I, and I'll and i definitely get high if I do that. Yeah, for sure. She said, you need a bed? And I said, I'd love one, dude, but I don't have a job. I don't have money. I don't have any hope of getting money. Yeah. And she said, I don't care. Take the bed. Move in. And wow. uh, and that was the first person in a really long time who had stuck out their hand to me oh, and shit. offered me some trust and yeah. a chance. Yeah. And I didn't know what that felt like, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody had trusted me in over a decade. I was just a yeah. piece of shit. I mean, yeah. there was no reason to trust me. And uh-huh. uh, and it felt so good that someone trusted me. Uh-huh. And it was about six months later that she made me the manager. And then, wow. Yep. Pretty and cool. uh, I owe that woman my life. That's uh, fucking amazing. Who knows dude. where the fuck I'd be today right. had she not done that. And so that's why Sober Living's wow. are so passionate for me. Um, it yeah, literally dude. saved my life. And Fuck while yeah. rehabs never worked out, I can't stand being locked somewhere and told I can't leave. Yeah, and I know that's the same sucks, for a lot dude. of people. You know, I need to feel like a productive member of society. And I'm not knocking rehabs. If rehab works for you, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking do it. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could have embraced rehabs the way some people do. And uh-huh. I, I believe in them. I do. But yeah. for me, and I know a lot of others like me, it doesn't. It's just not the right thing. I need to feel like I'm productive, that I have a job, yeah. that I'm, you know, I see my sponsor on a regular basis mm-hmm. and I'm working steps. I need to feel you that. Know, you get that little bit of freedom. Exactly. I need that like balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need that little bit of freedom and, yeah. you know, a little bit of accountability. Oh yeah. And, um, and that, that's what did it for me. And it was like the perfect Fucking recipe up. for recovery. Wow. And uh, when I started, you know, when I got that first house, it took me a year to find it. Uh-huh. And the real estate agent happened to be in recovery. Again, the universe is just aligning yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 what yeah. are the fucking odds? The yeah, real estate agent had 10 years in AA. And when I told her <laughs> what I wanted to do with the house, she was like, I think the owner will go for that. Wow. And sure enough, the owner did. And I, dude, I didn't have, what the fuck? What, I needed to have like 16000 a month in provable income on paper in uh-huh. order to rent this house. You kidding me, dude? I worked for Amazon. I made like twenty five hundred a month. You know what I mean? I had no fucking proof of that. Yeah, I, told her, dude. I said, dude, if you're willing to like take a, a leap of faith and a chance on me, 
I promise you, I'll, I'll make that income and I'll do what I yeah. need to do. Give me a few months or something. Yeah. But I don't have that right now. I can offer you first month security, yeah, maybe yeah, second month. And that's it. And she said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take a chance on you. And she did. And wow. I never, I filled the house in two weeks. Yeah, and, uh, dude. It was amazing. I filled SD the house. Sober Living One, that's, right? That was SD Sober Living One. Yep. And I filled it. And then my, my original business plan was to open a house once a year. Uh-huh. And uh, it was seven, I think it was seven months later that I opened the second house. Wow. And uh, and that one, that that's a really cool house, has a swimming pool and shit. And it's like, dude, I could never even have imagined renting a room in a house like that, let alone having the house as part of my business. Yeah. Just fucking nuts, dude. I mean, you know, a short time ago, I lived in a tent and, and, and pooped <laughs> in a bucket. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's fucking nuts. And right. Then, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to chill. Two houses, right? Two houses. I filled that house in a month. And then I, I, end up, I get to the point where I'm turning people away. And I hate fucking turning people away. Yeah. Not even for a financial motive. I just hate telling somebody yeah, no. Like, sorry. When I know that most sober livings are full and they got nowhere to go. It's like yeah. it's a hard thing to tell someone who's seeking help. Yeah. And I want to be in a position where I can always say, yes, I can help you. Uh-huh. I hate saying no and so um my goal is to never have to say no mm-hmm. and so um on january 1st i got the third house sd sober living 3.0 oh. where we had our party yes and um and that house filled up in like a month yeah i heard <laughs> i was like what yeah it's crazy i didn't expect it to fill that quickly um, <laughs> but you know there, i have some mentors in the sober living industry who have been doing this a long time who yeah. have way more houses than i do and mm-hmm. um and i and i got the same response from pretty much all of them and it said, dude, if you do this for the right reasons, it'll work out. And mm. so helping people Absolutely comes will. first, always. Absolutely. I'll never kick somebody out who's doing good and is trying and staying clean and they don't have rent money. I'll never kick somebody out for an inability to pay. Yeah. That would be fucking wrong, man. Yeah. You know? And um, Absolutely. Yeah, my goal is to see people succeed first. And, of course, it's a business. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make money in life. Yeah. People, people think that because you profit on a sober living that you're a criminal. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, why don't you invest, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. Open your own, dude. It's there for anyone. But, yeah, dude, helping people comes first. And uh, yeah, it's 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 absolutely mind-boggling when I think about who I was four and a half years ago. Yeah, dude. And, and dude, I would have been happy with fucking 20% of the shit I have today. And I mm-hmm. don't mean just the material shit. Yeah. It's the relationships. It's the trust. It's the everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I hit a year clean, my first year, that same fucking night at Fairmont Park, mm-hmm. this kid came up to me and said, hey, man, will you sponsor me? Wow. It's like, dude, I have a year today. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> give me a, little, give give me me a, a few days to enjoy having a year clean. You know <laughs> what right? I mean? But, of course, I said yes. My sponsor told me that, dude. You never turn down. You never say no. You never say no. Never say no, dude. If I have that same policy. Help, yep. You never fucking tell someone no, dude. And for all you know, that could be the night that he gets told no and he goes out and he smokes some Fetty and fucking ODs and dies. Yeah. You could be that that thing that saves that person's life. Yeah. And, um... And yeah, so I never say no. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I have a few sponsees today. I never thought in my life I'd be able to sponsor. <laughs> and, you know, there was a dream that I used to have, not a literal dream, but like a dream of mine, a vision. Um, and when I was using it, especially in the days of the tent. Yes. And uh, I would think about like the circle of life. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you're, you're young, your parents take care of you. Yeah. As you get older, you take care of your parents. Yes. Right? And it was so sad that I realized that would never be me. I thought there's never, that's never going to fucking happen. I'll never be in the position where I can provide anything for my mom. I don't even have two parents to worry about. I have one and I still can't do anything for her. 
and I'll never be that kid. Mm -hmm. And, and it was really, it was really sad for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, not too long ago, my mom's roommate died Yeah, and her the roommate's family decided to sell the house that my mom and her had lived in. Okay. And because I kept my shit together and I fucking stayed clean, I have an extra bedroom at my house and I can house my mom. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. And it's like, dude, I, I don't, amazing. I don't care if she never moves out because <laughs> getting to see my mom every day and knowing that I'm helping her. It's like, dude, that is a fucking lost dream Fuck yeah, that dude. has reawoken. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never thought in my life that I, I'd be able to do something good for Fuck somebody yeah, else. Dude. And so, dude, my life is a fucking, it's a complete 180. I'm responsible for over 60 guys. <laughs> I'm responsible for my fiance, my mom, a yeah. dog, two cats. Yeah, dude. And, uh, and, and I love it. And, and, you know, I went through therapy for the first few years of being clean, and I learned about values. Mm. And that's been a big part of my recovery is learning what my values are because I didn't have any fucking values before. Mm -hmm. And being a provider, being a man, having responsibilities, having compassion, helping others, these are all values that okay. in order for me to be happy in life and to keep progressing in life, I have to practice those values on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I have to. Just like spiritual principles. It's the same fucking thing. I have to practice these values. And today I can say that I practice almost all of them. Fuck yeah, dude. And, uh, you know, you can't save everyone. Every now and then yeah. somebody has to get kicked out. And it's yeah. the worst part of this job yeah. is having to tell someone they have to yeah, go. You have to go. It yeah. fucking sucks. I had to yeah. do it today. And, and it yeah. sucks. But, you know, for every one person that gets kicked out, maybe two more make it mm -hmm. and, and stay clean and build a life. Yeah. And I'm honored to be a part of other people's journeys. Fuck yeah, dude. And, uh, yeah, dude. And hey. I'm grateful I got to do this. Too. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, you know, I just want to tell you, man, like, you know, I appreciate everything you do for the community. When uh, Nick asked me to, um, to do the party, it, it, it was an easy fucking yes. <laughs> like, it was a fucking easy yes, dude. I back you up 100 fucking percent, dude. Likewise. Any fucking party you, you want to throw, I'll be there. I'll be your, <laughs> I'll be your Van Wilder. You know what I mean? And, dude, uh, I swear to God, dude, I, I really uh, I really appreciate you coming here, man. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, and seeing your, your growth, man, is just fucking inspirational, dude. Thank you. And, brother. man, I, I really appreciate you coming here, brother. Of course. I appreciate uh, it. All right, man. Thanks, Take care. Dude. You too. Bye, everyone.